I'm Aaron Armstrong. I'm Pete Moran. And we love to dirk. We have to watch 350th Dorftacular. I feel um, rejuvenated in the light of Dorf's love. <laughs> uh, yeah, Dorf is a lovable person. We're gonna. It's gonna be all Dirk, all Dorf tonight. If you're wondering why I keep saying Dirk, it's his first name. Rhymes with jerk. Um, I'm, I don't think that's intentional <laughs> any more than Dorf is. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're look, look. If you were expecting under the Silver Lake. And Ethan Warren tonight. I got some bad news. We did one of our classic anniversary switchamaroos where instead of doing the episode we said we're going to do, we do something that's just for us. You know, some people, uh, well, actually, that's it. Well, yeah, well, on our anniversary, it's about us. It's like our birthday. Okay. We didn't bring presents from you. You're too old for mm-hmm. us to bring you like a party favor gift. All right. You guys are getting the content you want, which are the movies that we choose on a monthly basis. On our birthday, which we which we anniversaries of the show, we get to pick something that's just for the boys. Yeah. You ever hear anyone say, did you bring presents for the whole class? No. no. Because that would be cuckoo. Okay. Would be ridiculous. Unless uh, the class is sorted by people with the same birthday, in which case it would be kind of rude to not bring presents for the whole class. Yeah, sure. Don't but don't make them as good as your presents. You gotta you gotta pay yourself first. Rich yeah. dad, poor dad. Yeah, it's called trickle dom birthdaynomics. <laughs> um, the presents get smaller as they go down yeah, yeah, downhill yeah. due to soil uh, erosion. Uh, eventually I'm taking most of your presents. And eventually, when I die, theoretically, you'll get some of my presents. This is a present for us. Now, if you're for nice our, to me. For our, this is our 350th episode. Normally, those have been happening in April, but we did we 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 tried to, if anything, follow the rules, the letter of the law. Just because we release an episode, it doesn't make it a we love to watch episode. Our spooktaculars, great episodes, fantastic content. Some would say. Not a We Love to Watch episode. Our Star Trek months episodes? Wow. Amazing content. Potentially award-winning content. Um, I mean, I haven't even looked up. We could have won awards. I don't Google Star Trek all that often. So as far as I know, it's won Saturn Awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arthur C. Clarke Awards. Jewel, a few few Vernies, which is what we yeah. call the awards based on Jules Verne. Mm-hmm. Um I don't want to win any Roddenberries because I recently read quite a lot about him. And I think Roddenberries are like the Razzies mm-hmm. of science fiction. Um, He's a Roddenberry. Those don't count as we love to watch episodes. So, yeah, no. sure. We've done seven and a half years of content. This officially is our 350th We Love to Watch episode. And so we're taking a break from the dog days of summer. To talk about a, a man who does own a dog, at least in the sequel. And a man, 
he's come up a few times on this show. That man is Dirk Dorf. Um, and he's come up recently because his caddy for the first uh for the first movie uh, that we'll be covering today, Dorf on Golf, mm-hmm. uh play, is played by a man named Vincent Chiavelli, who goes by Leonard in the first two Dorf movies. Vincent movie- Chiavelli, knees weak, arms are heavy. Yeah. <laughs> There's vomit on his sweater already, uh, but Dorf can't see it because sweater length is well above yeah. Dorf's eyesight. Uh, Dorf can't look up, famously. Uh, no, he can fall down and spring up, but he cannot look up. It is yes. a and classic. Uh, we have to watch uh, um, point of contention here. Um, I'm referring to a specific one character named. D-O-R-F as his surname. Yeah. I am, of course, not referring to people with dwarfism. Nope. Um, sometimes it's called little people. I would never uh, make gross assumptions about them. However, um, I have to make uh, assumptions based on uh, the numerous amount of hours I've spent studying at the master's feet, dwarf, um, because otherwise uh, I will have wasted a lot of time, and that obviously yeah. can't be true. Yeah. That is an important call-out, because Dorf does not have... Uh, he is not a little person. Uh, he is a... I mean, he is small in stature, but he is... Uh, uh, he's, he is a, uh, he's a... He's a... His proportions are interesting. We'll get into why that is later on. He is known for being slight in stature, but you're right. It is Dorfism. <laughs> It only applies to one person that has ever existed yeah. on this planet. And he used his gift, we'll call it, for good in that he made a lot of helpful educational videos, two of which we're gonna we're gonna cover tonight. But we've been we've been talking a lot about Vincent Chiavelli and Dorf, because Vincent Chiavelli famously his most famous role is uh, Leonard mm-hmm. as uh, a friend of Dorf, kind of. In the first mm-hmm. two Dorf movies, those are Dorf on Golf and Dorf in the first games of Mount Olympus, mm-hmm. uh, which we're not going to talk about much today. But what we're like, you know what, who, who, like, when we think of, like, the big, we've been doing a lot of big movies this summer. We did Goodfellas, Scorsese. We did Fight Club, David Fincher. We did Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. Big Lebowski, Coen Brothers, Big Big names. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim Allen, Shaggy Dog. We didn't do that. Oh, well, that you was said I could. Beautiful Dream? Beautiful Dream, future episode. We're obviously going to do. Mm. We talked about doing a Tim Allen month. Tim Allen deserves a year. A gallon of Allen. We need a gallon of Allen. I don't know if he needs a full Julian calendar year, but at least a Gregorian calendar year, which I believe is 10 months. <laughs> <laughs> um, or the other way around. Going over this again. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll get to. You'll, we'll get, you'll never learn which calendar we use, <laughs> we'll no matter how many times I explain it. <laughs> one's got ten months. One's got twelve months. It's that simple. Um, I'm gonna mail but, you a calendar with a bullet in it. <laughs> but we're like, we're like, who's who's a biggie we haven't covered? Who's who's the time? When is it going to be Dorf's time? Because Dorf is probably one of the most popular characters that has ever existed. Mm-hmm. He is someone right now. Go, go, call your 
parents, and after they get done talking about whatever they watched on Fox News tonight, ask them what they think of Dorf, and they'll say, it's the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen. I can't believe that PC culture, maybe? <laughs> and the woke mob made made Dorf stop happening. They canceled Dorf! Everyone's talking about it. Yeah. Um, I, mean, they, I mean, they did cancel him well before... Like the the two thousands, but um, and he had so many jokes to tell us that he didn't get a chance. So, if you don't know what Dorf is, we're gonna get into it. I'm gonna get into my history with Dorf, and we're gonna go over two of the Dorf films, which are Dorf on Golf, his debut. Uh, as some people would say, is it the Four Hundred Blows? Basically, basically. Um, and then his he had there was eight Dorf films starring Dirk Dorf as Dorf. Um, and, uh, but he had one direct sequel. Dorf, the whole point is, well, he wanted to educate people. His main passion was golf. (laughs) He wanted to teach about a little bit about the Olympic Games. Mm -hmm. I think that's a straight line. And then he's like, I have so much more to teach the world about golf. He goes back to golf for Dorf's golf Bible. There's so (laughs) much more to say. I'm going to start sounding like goofy pretty soon. Dorf's golf Bible? (laughs) Um... Uh, so we're going to cover those two in extensive detail. Dorf on Golf, 1987. Dorf Golf Bible, 1988. He came back the next year. Mm-hmm. More golf lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, but first, what is what is a dwarf? Um, if you've ever who's pro- a dwarf, please. Who is it? Who is a dwarf? Um, he is now. The thing about dwarf is that he's real. He's, he's a real man. Um, some people are just like you know they 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 they're mobile. For example, is, is a common feature of not all people, but some people. And they are, uh, you know, I don't, I'm trying to avoid saying normal size, <laughs> but they are of maybe this is going to be a minefield of an episode. The point is, is that the dwarf Their height is closer to the average because that is what the average was set at. So from abdomen up, he's just a guy, right? Not a particularly tall guy, not a particularly short guy. He's got arms. He's got a head. His wingspan is is that of a god. His wingspan. The the ratio, Michael Phelps would be LeBron James, Michael Phelps. They're they're fools to the wingspan ratio of Dorf. Yeah. So that's the the thing. His arms, great for swimming. Honestly, most strokes that don't use kicking, I think he'd be okay at. Mm -hmm. Um, Because of the aforementioned stasis of limbs. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, to explain it a little more, if you don't know what Dorf is, and there is a very good chance you don't know what Dorf is, mm-hmm. um, uh, Peter, I know that you, you, you're you really invested in the, the Dirk Dorf being a real person. So if you just want to tune out for a little bit, I'm going to give a little bit more background to just I'm, people. You know this information. This is not going to be – I don't think it's good for you to hear this. I'm going to step away from the mic. Yeah. I'm going to read my Bible. Dirk's Dorf. Bible? <laughs> Dirk's Dorf Bible? <laughs> I'm going to read my Bible a little bit, yeah. and uh, yeah. I'll let you say okay. whatever Great. libelous... Um, it's not going to be libelous. It's just going to be some stuff about Dorf that you already know, and you've been telling me you want to take more breaks from the podcast. I assume you mean five minutes at a time while I talk. I, I, <laughs> I, as long as what you say is on mic so that my lawyers can hear it, yeah. we're fine. Here, I'm 
Great. Creak. Okay. So I've been talking to Peter about this for quite a while, and I am pretty sure he does not know that Dorf is a character played by comedy writer and performer Tim Conway, a man who somehow has won six Emmys, I assume for non-Dorf-related stuff like the Carol Burnett show, where apparently it was very popular. Anyways, why it's hard to describe Dorf is that from the top half, he's just Tim Conway. And then from the bottom half, he's Tim Conway's uh, thighs. What Tim Conway has done, and this is the, some would say genius of Tim Conway, some would say scourge of the earth. He digs little holes all over the place, and then he puts his legs in those holes, and then he puts shoes on his knees. Now, I'm going to pause for at least eight to nine minutes while you stop laughing at what a great concept this is <laughs> and how it can be used in various places. As an audience member, just fast forward. I'm just going to assume you're, you're paused. Um, that's Molly. the Molly. That's the joke. Come over here. Dorf is being Dorf is being a jockey on Johnny Carson. <laughs> that is the joke. The joke is that Tim Conway is is playing a guy who's. Uh, legs are dug into various holes and then he can do what some would consider funny things like touch his toes very easily. If you ever tried to touch your knees that's what he's doing um, but he's putting a lot of he's putting a lot of pepper paprika on that uh, toe touch for comp, for theoretically comedic purposes. So that's kind of the what he's doing. He's just a guy and they keep digging holes in places and then he stands in there and then he's like a Tim Conway upper half and and then this is a, this was huge. So that's if you're wondering why I'm having trouble describing it, it's because Peter is convinced there's a guy who's like Tim Conway 75%. He's 75% of Tim Conway. <laughs> and then the other 25% he just never walks. So I'm going to try to get through this whole podcast. Peter's got a lot going on right now. I don't want to ruin the the uh the, the 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 whole vision the whole ideas for him but uh yeah i mean that that's what's going on uh peter i noticed that you've stopped pacing back and forth in circles if you're want to come back to the mic Creak. hey how's it going hey where did you walk from um i'm i'm recording from my uh Golf cellar. Yeah. Um, it is uh, sort of like a wine cellar, uh, but I keep all my golf memorabilia down here. Um, I've been collecting it for about 20 years. Yeah. I'm a big golf head. Um, big golfo. Yeah, you um, are a huge golfo. And I think one of the issues, part of the reason we decided to do this for a 350th episode, is that you kept saying, I could use some hot golf tips. Um, and so if you, if you are not constantly looking for hot golf tips, your yeah. golf game is dead already. You might as well just stay in bed on Sunday. Yeah. Stay home with your wife who hates you. Yeah. That um, is ideal. That's why I go golf. Wife hates get, get away. Wife hates her. me because of golf. That is the paradox. <laughs> My wife hates me so golf. much. I got to get out of here because uh, it's miserable to be around this person who despises me. Yet the reason she despises me is because I constantly leave to go play golf. Mm -hmm. It's uh, yeah. unsolvable riddle. It's like the Sphinx's riddle. 
How do you make your wife like you if you can't <laughs> stop playing golf? So, anyways, Dorf, yeah, that was the Can this guy. Is good at families. <laughs> Please save my. There's, there's not a Dorf on family or Dorf on marriage, but that's the thing. He's so dedicated to the craft that he, um, often he lets his domestic life fall by the wayside. That happens with a lot of professional athletes. I mean. Just look up Tiger. Yeah, like a lot of vulnerable, vulnerable filmmakers. He's still like, I got to show what the commitment to the game does to a family life. Yeah. Yeah. And and the point of the two specials that I watched. I mean, um, he's not quite like Tiger Woods. Hold on. He's not quite like Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods, I don't know if you know this, was having sex with many other people who weren't his wife. Yeah. Dorf is uh, being ridiculed by the dog in the yard. (laughs) In a sense, the, that's the dog and the dog. neighbor. I'm just saying, like, it's kind of a different vibe. Yeah. I, I imagine a dog hated Tiger Woods at some point, too. I think both marriages were definitely unhealthy. <laughs> Are you saying no dog has ever hated Tiger Woods? Uh, no. I bet you uh, Rolf from The Muppets hated Tiger Woods. Oh, I mean, he, Rolf was, uh, I mean, the guy that's saying, I hope that something better comes along. I think that was Tiger <laughs> Woods' like, theme song. <laughs> <laughs> honestly i'm not i'm not sure i think rolf if anyone was very much on tiger woods side uh, i'm not saying bar, that to condemn rolf bar yeah this, this country club bar <laughs> yeah this top golf bar so anyways dorf hope he, that someone comes along his <laughs> first better appe- than my supermodel wife <laughs> seems like a very nice person uh yeah literally literally i hope anyone else comes along at any time from what i've read (laughs) um uh (laughs) i hope that someone with a pulse comes along (laughs) yeah older interested me multi-billionaire professional athlete tiger woods um so uh this guy why would you so dorf again is known for being like I would say 50% just hypothetically looks like, let's say, a Tim Conway type. And then the other half Tim is who? just a guy. Um, okay. I'm just saying they look... He, he so looks like half a half guy type? He looks like a combination between Tim Conway and uh, Adolf Hitler. Um, <laughs> you know, I had noticed that he has a similar um, mustache to uh, Charlie Chaplin. Who also has a similar mustache style to Adolf Hitler? Yeah, it's a choice. Like it is a choice to be like, look, I'm going to teach people about golf. I'm going to be a little fucking dictator. <laughs> I'm going to have a, a very obvious toupee that keeps falling in my face when I mm-hmm. scream. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, much like Michael Jordan in his 2000 Hanes commercials, I'm going to have a Hitler mustache. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's a, it's something of a surprising choice. He. He decides, and then he's like, I'm going to to throw people off from the white supremacy part of Hitler. I'm going to speak in an accent that's not German. Mm -hmm. A little too obvious. Swedish accent. Yes. Yes. And, okay, so are you familiar with the concept of an Eskimo brother? Yeah. Uh, So it was popularized on the TV show The The League. League. Yeah. Um, And I think uh, most... Um, married men in the Jupiter, Florida area are Eskimo brothers with Tiger Woods, um, yeah. probably. Um, but I feel like 
the polite way to compare someone's mustache to a Hitler mustache is to say they're like a Mario brother with Hitler. Like, yeah. they've got the same mustache. They share but, the same. But taste, I don't think I don't think stash. I don't think Mario has a Hitler mustache. Mario and Luigi are brothers, and they have the same mustache, and therefore they're <laughs> Mario brothers. I I'm not really Mario comfortable brothers. saying uh, Eskimo brothers again. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think two is enough. Yeah, <laughs> two, two uh, is enough. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so he he's like, look, I'm gonna be angry. I'm gonna be <laughs> dictatorial. I'm gonna have a Hitler mustache, and I'm gonna shoot educational films for people. <laughs> he first appeared on the Johnny Carson show. To yes. shoot, hor- to to teach people how to be a jockey. Oh, a, I know who Tim Conway is an uncontroversial thing on every level. Yeah, I know who yeah. Tim Conway is. He very often I would watch these Johnny Carson clips, and he yeah. would be the guy talking to Johnny Carson on the couch, cracking jokes with him before they would get to what the audience is really here for, um, yeah. which was educational lessons on various sports from Dorf. Yeah. Uh, Dirk Dorf. Dirk. Our first name. name's first name Dirk. Last name Dorf. Last name Dorf. Um, D O R F. So it's interesting that you know him from that because he was one of I don't know if you know this fun trivia. He's one of only five people to be on the couch talking to Johnny Carson. Most people had to stand, and they made they stood. And they stood across the desk and they made direct eye contact the whole time. Uh, occasionally, if Johnny really liked you, he's like, "Sit on this couch." Um, and Tim got to sit on there every time. You can, prove me wrong. Look up a clip and find Tim Conway standing, <laughs> making direct eye contact with Johnny Carson. You can't do it. Yeah, you can't do I'm it. Saying. And if you don't, and if you do find it, you can't. Good luck finding us. <laughs> That's what I would say. If you proved us wrong, I'm going to go on my phone. <laughs> I got a lot of games and apps. Um, and my battery is fully charged. <laughs> it's fully charged. Um, so, yeah. So, it here's this is something that I think is fascinating. Peter, you and I are a huge fan of Everything is Terrible. Um, I, we are. The 80s were insane because the VHS market was like, obviously, they're releasing all of these uh, movies on VHS, but also everyone in their and with a with a video camera and one of these like weird third rate uh, production distribution companies could go make a, a movie and could get it to VHS stores or rental stores, and they were dying for them because especially in the early days of of VHS, it's not like all movies came out at once, like. You know, there had a ton of room in these stores and they wanted to have an assortment of things and getting to things that like you couldn't see in a movie theater. But now you could watch something um, on home video was was a new thing. And so everything is terrible. was popularized because, uh, you know, there's just so many of these fucking weirdo VHS things that exist, whether it's like weird Christian programming, weird like kid programming that wasn't a TV show and it wasn't a movie. It just existed only in VHS form. And that's essentially what Dorf is. It's their 30 minute VHS tapes uh, with Dorf teaching people uh, things. The first video was a huge success. It made uh, it made adjusted for inflation. It made thirty million dollars. Now you may go thirty million dollars. That's not that huge. This movie probably cost 
a thousand dollars to make. There's three cast members. Um, it is it, like I said, thirty minutes long. There's essentially like eight scenes. So I don't know, two hundred bucks a scene at most, and and uh, yeah, it just made a ton of money, and people knew who it was. I saw I saw Dorf on golf uh, in the wild. In the 90s, it was at the local library. And uh, it's an educational film. It's an educational film. I mean, they had other movies I saw there too, but they had the first two Dorf films. They had Dorf on Golf and Dorf in the first games of Mount Olympus. And my parents saw it and they're like, this is hilarious. You're going to love this uh, because my parents. I, I think there's a whole conversation we could have that was like, Somewhat serious around, like, how bad comedy was in general in the 80s. Like, what made our parents laugh? And I know that yeah. comedy what, evolves. What lead-based lead uh, paint did, does to a motherfucker. Yeah, like, I know comedy evolves and, like, just like, I mean, anyone who watches our sitcoms now is going to be like, that show's great. That show's terrible. You guys watch that show? And we're like, yeah, I guess, I don't know, According to Jim was, like, the most popular show for 10 years. Like, there's so many of these things that are somewhat hard to defend. But this is this is definitely interesting that people would go, this is the funniest thing. I can't wait to show my kids this. I watched – when I watched these, I'll just say I was embarrassed if my wife or my one of my children walked into the room. Like I'm watching a YouTube rip of, 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 of Dorf. Try to teach people how to golf, and I'm like, I there's not, I don't want to have to explain what this is to anyone, you, you, let you alone I'm like button. kids. You had a quick button on your remote to switch it to porn. Yeah, the, like the idea that like my parents thirty years ago were like kids. I know what we're doing Friday nights. <laughs> Make some popcorn. Dorf's gonna fumble his way through another fucking golf game. <laughs> like it, uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, so yeah, that allowed this. This film was a success, and he made uh, a few more. He made Dorf in the first games of Mount Olympus. Dorf's golf bible. Mm-hmm. Dorf goes auto racing. I imagine mm-hmm. logistically, that is the easiest one to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on. What's the bit? Uh, I have uh, every what, time I what if a little Hitler driving, was what if a little Hitler was driving a race car? I guess every time I see someone driving, I'm always like, I have no idea what their legs are like, which gives them power over me. Yeah, it seems to ruin the whole bit. There's Dorf goes fishing, which I imagine uh, was the like I didn't look up the trivia for this, but if one almost killed Dorf, I imagine it's that one because if you poke two holes in a boat, uh, Dorf's gonna end up on the bottom. <laughs> and I doubt he's. I mean, he definitely. We talked about his potential swimming strokes, but uh, he does kicking eight int. No, he, but he does have tremendous upper body strength. And core strength. And, and core strength. He pops we, right up. We, we can see um, one of the, the famous uh, famous uh, techniques that Dorf shows off, um, particularly during um, Dorf on Golf, he has a calisthenics segment. Yeah. Um, oh, we'll, we'll he demonstrates talk. that he's we'll, able we'll to – he, he, he doesn't just have feet or ankle strength. He has strength in the ball of his heels. Um, that allows him to yep. as an extra muscle that's that's not allowed. Um, but it's not allowed in us. 
Um, in it's actually removed it. It's removed at birth. Um, <clears throat> and uh, it allows him to spring up directly from um, straight from the ground, straight from the left, straight from the right. He can he can balance on his and his feet with with a, a plum even. Uh, yeah, are you familiar with the concept of a weeble? A weeble? Yeah. No, enlighten the, me. They're That's kids why toy. I watch these because I love yeah. to be educated. Yeah, so they're a kid's toy mm-hmm. that uh, the the saying was like weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. Because they, wobble, they, they don't fall down. They would fall down, but then they very easily would pop right back up in defiance of gravity and honestly God's will. Uh, yeah. God does not take kindly to that. I hope the Beebles were sufficiently humbled when they reached I mean, you don't fiery... See, I mean, you don't see Weebles around anymore. You didn't even know what they were. So clearly, yeah. Peter, the, they were they were, they were were successfully smoted, but uh, Dorf is functionally built smoted. like that. Yeah. They, he, was, he does fall down, but he can pop right back up and through some... Yeah, core strength, just general magic, I would say. He does demonstrate some supernatural abilities in, in Gorf's Dolph Bi- Golf Bible, but I don't want to jump too far ahead. No, there's a like, lot of super... I mean, Dorf's Golf Bible, which is somehow now the hardest sentence I've ever said in my entire life. Um, there's a lot of... I mean, I believe God is talking to him directly throughout that documentary. Mm-hmm. I would assume it, so. A lot. We're, we're going to get there. He is. He's untouched. The first one is a lot more secular. Uh, but anyway, so he does Dorf goes fishing. Dorf on the diamond, which I assume Dorf on the diamond. I don't know if you know anything about strike zones, Peter. Mm-hmm. But like he Dorf has like no strike zone or if it is, <laughs> it's right in the dirt. So I assume Dorf on the diamond chronicles him becoming the best baseball player of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't seen it. Who knows? Incredible, two- incredible arm strength. Um, and Essentially nothing but ball, right? Yeah, I mean, I yeah, and the other part's just throwing. So, if, yeah, sure, he's got to circle the bases, which would be tr- would be tough. But you figure he just knocks it right out of the park each time, or takes an intentional walk. They'll eventually dig the holes and get him over there. Mm-hmm. Um, then the A next track two, system, if you will. Here's how you know the next two are cult hits. His last two dwarf films do not have links on them. On his Wikipedia page, which is how you know they're very they're 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 a, a, a specific audience like a fine wine recognizes these. There's Dorf's Christmas specials uh, that's listed as one, and its name is plural. I'm not gonna. I, I wish I could learn more. There's no link, as I said. <laughs> um, and then there's Chip and Bernie Save Christmas with Dorf, which begs the question: Who are Chip and Bernie? Mm-hmm. And two. Do they do does Dorf team up with them to save Christmas or is like the key to saving Christmas Dorf? Like like oh we saved it with Dorf. Like we I dorfed think, we did the Dorf. Yeah, I think saved. it's such a it, it, it's such a big task saving Christmas that um happens a lot. Honestly. That it requires a sort of Avengers team. Uh, of, you know, a, a mix of experts, a yep. dirty dozen of experts. Any one man would not be able to save Christmas, except for unless they're earnest. Um, but this entire team of whoever the first two guys are in Dorf, 
Um, that, they, they, they bring, they all bring something to the table. Like the first guy brings presumably something, and the second guy brings presumably something, and then dwarf brings core strength, <laughs> a resilience, a resilience. Yep. Dwarf never quits is why it's important. Dwarf never quits. Um, yep. I don't want to. I haven't seen the last one either. I don't know who Chip and Bernie is, but that came out in 2016, so I have to imagine it's the saddest movie ever made. <laughs> uh, it's also the the featuring uh, of that really does heavily imply that there was a a very old man who was um, three years from death. Yeah, maybe um, he's still around. Dwarf is still around? Well, Tim Conway is. I don't know about Dorf. Dorf hasn't been seen since Chip and Bernie used him to save Christmas, as far as I know. Uh, I, yeah, I don't follow I don't follow the, the Conway lore. Um, I only know about Dorf. The, yeah, sorry, the it's unrelated. I'm just, we were talking about I wanted you to be sure that the man that went couch to couch with Johnny Carson is still alive. You mean the guy that warmed up the audience for Dorf? Yeah, sure. the, door, the Dorf warmer. Yeah, the- <laughs> Sure. Oh yeah, I read those books in the fantasy section of Barnes and Noble. Yeah, the Dwarfformer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, I think that there's there's we've we've sort of set some groundwork for what these. Um, I, I got one more thing. It's groundwork are. about who made okay. these films. So the company that made these films is uh, a company called J Two Communications, which is probably a name you haven't heard of. But in the uh, early 90s, J2 Communications got so much dwarf money, uh, they decided they wanted to expand their comedy reach and bought a little name called National Lampoon. <laughs> and they they are the reason that you haven't watched a National Lampoon movie and enjoyed it since maybe 1987. <laughs> so what's kind of interesting here is that um, they segued into comedy after. Oh, yeah. After the Dwarf films. Well, they were like, we have yet to make someone laugh. Let's buy a recognizable name in comedy. And what they didn't realize that the the Dwarf educational mindset doesn't work when you're trying to make movies about someone trying to find a condom to have sex with someone in high school. Yes. And, and, and the Dwarf tapes were never... As far as I can tell, never intended to be funny. They are purely an educational endeavor. At least that's what I got from them. Maybe some, just out of uh, curiosity, were yeah, I can see how you think they were an educational endeavor. One possible disagreement with that from the canon film is they have a laugh track, I, which I I admit was a yeah. very odd choice for it. It's probably the only educational films I've ever seen that have a laugh track of people that I have to assume are uh, like the weasels in who framed Roger Rabbit fucking dying of laughter. So, wait, did, when you watched this on tape back in the day, did it have a laugh track? Yeah, yeah, that wasn't added. Afterwards. I thought maybe, I thought maybe when I had to watch it on YouTube because my VHS player's in the shop and... You were laughing so hard. It was some. It was echoing in your house. Yeah, yeah. I, that's that was my my primary issue. I I didn't know that there was a laugh laugh track on there. Well, J two um, Communications. That's why they bought National Lampoons, right? Because they're like, look, we made our money in laughs. 
We were in the early laugh rush of of 1864. Mm-hmm. We we stockpiled all these laughs. They were putting them in every video. They're just like, we gotta we gotta get rid of all these laughs, and that's why they're like, hey, eventually, why don't we buy something where the laughs can run freely, and we don't feel like we're packaging them in with the rest of our products in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and um, it's probably you know what I think it probably was. Um, because it is weird for a golf educational tape to have left. Um, Especially two of them. And we both agree that the <laughs> film, there's no way that these were intended to be funny. These are not I wasn't funny. laughing. To be clear, no. If these were intended to be funny, it's a huge miss on their part. I can't believe they would have accidentally made that mistake. I didn't see anyone laughing. I, Did you? I, no. I learned quite a lot about golf and about uh, marriages and about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and his 15 golf commandments, mm-hmm. including uh, don't have allergies. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, I definitely did not laugh. I'm assuming you were talking about, you know, the great laugh rush and all of that. I'm assuming that maybe uh, J2S Entertainment was maybe just trying to throw out a, a gig to some of their best laughers. Say, oh, yeah, come down to the studio, watch this educational film, you know, just take all this gas. Yeah. Just yeah. have some gas. Yeah. This is the 80s. There's a lot of cocaine. So, you know, people were probably like, I don't know how to react to this much knowledge. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know how when you're nervous, you laugh nervous sometimes? Laughter. These people are just fucking just knee slapping. They're so scared. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe because they've never seen someone this helpful at golf before. They were like. You know, these, it's the 80s. This is like corporate world. You go out, you go golf with your buddies. You mm-hmm. have a good time. That's how business happens in the 80s. Then they see this savant just schooling them and everything golf related. They're probably like fucking shaking in their in their knee shoes oh, because they're yeah. like, how would we equal this performance? Uh, yeah. He completes and a hole. <laughs> completes a hole in me. <laughs> yeah, I feel I'm, I'm full. I'm, I'm full of knowledge. I'm full of laughs now. Yeah, yeah. I feel ready to go out in the world and try golfing for the first time. Have you never been golfing? I've been once. I think these will help. <laughs> uh, I was planning on having this play on an iPad on the back of my golf bag, um, so I can try out. Technology I mean, if the technology had existed, I believe that's how they would have been intended to be used. Yeah, yeah. I, well, they don't. One thing I like about them is they don't explain a thing about golf. They're just like, let's talk about some gadgets that you can use to get better. They're like, they're like, the we, we are assuming thinking. we are assuming you know all the stuff. And I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, you know, one thing the criticism we get for this show is we spend a lot of time going over the movie, the history of the movie, people that are in the movie, all the things you might need to know before we offer. Any sort of commentary or perspective or anything like that. Dorf on golf cuts out the bullshit. He's just like, I assume you know everything. I assume you're bad at golf. I assume like all lovers of golf, you hate golf. And now we're just going to get right down to brass tacks with golf related tips. Yes. And Dorf was forward thinking. That's why Dorf was always reeling out new gadgets, yeah. new new gizmos. Not just gadgets. 
Um, Aaron, can you remind me what the difference is between a gadget and a gizmo? Oh, yeah. The gizmos, they are uh, created in a lab. And the gadgets are created in, like, a local auto shop. So it's about, really, the difference between gizmos and gadgets are education-based. And that's not, that sounds like, you know, I'm I'm making some, like, cultural and, like, class-based um, perspective on how effective a gizmo would be versus a gadget. I'm just saying that I am repeating prejudices from other people, so you cannot blame me. Those are other people's classist views that I have adopted as my own because that is society's standards. And if somebody has Don't you come that, after take me! Take it up with society! Take it up with society! What, who am you, I if not a... Ref- one, fix one idiot? Yeah, who am I if not a reflection on society? Like, you got a problem with me? Take it up with the culture, buddy. I'm a product of my culture. And, and the so, way you were up brought was to think of gadgets one way and gizmos yeah. the other. I refuse? Like, what? Everyone needs everyone needs to be a fucking Luke Skywalker and rebel? No. Like, sometimes you got to get along to go along. And uh, I, my gadgets were created oh. by the salt of the earth people. And my gizmos are created by scientists that are better than the rest of us because they went to Harvard. Yeah. you. I think you'd have a lot in common with um, the Mario brother of uh, Dorf, Adolf Hitler. <laughs> Um, no, he, you know, look, I wasn't around for their culture. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that I would have been different. <laughs> yeah. You are, in fact, built differently. I would have been built differently. That- yeah, I would have said, no, thank you. And I yeah. would not have gone along with it just because I'm going along with all of our worst inclinations mm-hmm. as a society, like the classist views on gadgets and gizmos. But <laughs> I'm a Peter. I'm a good guy, so obviously you're an ally. I'm a good. I'm a. I'm a good guy, and so I would have been a good guy back then too, and never done anything wrong. Very true. So to get back to my question, um, I think I answered it in great detail. So, like a gadget, um, a gadget, you know, would be more comfortable at the ballpark than at the opera. Oh, yeah, don't you get me started at your opera gizmos. Uh, yeah. I like to think that a gizmo is most comfortable at the opera, but, hey, you know, slaying a hot dog at that guy, he could he could enjoy it, too. I like to break break perceptions on gadgets. Yeah, if you you do bring, I mean, that's why they do the security check at the opera. If you bring a gadget, they throw you right out. They throw you right out. It's, I mean, that's, what's this? like country clubs, you know. It's a protractor? it's like Bring a fucking books. graphing calculator. <laughs> Get out. Hey, hold on, hold on, everyone. I want you to close your eyes, and if you're driving, um, put on pull. cruise control and close yeah. your eyes also. Yeah. Um, I don't want you hope, to lose time on your way to work. Hope you have a Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> so that they can kill a child instead yeah. of themselves. Well, then you'll well, be fine. As far as we know, the child—they're not going to. They're going to. Yes, do, I agree. Hey, Teslas are there to protect the driver. They're not going to slam on the brakes and conveniently give you whiplash. And in they're this situation, the Tesla—we've proven that the Tesla driver is a listener, so we care more about him than him or her yeah. than um, the child who is. Yeah. Think that all tracks. Uh, close your eyes. Think about. Do you want me a to close particular my eyes? device or contraption? Okay. Enjoying right up its intake chute, enjoying some caviar, 
Open them. Were you were you picturing a gadget or a gizmo? It was a gadget the whole time. Yeah. Either way, I think you learned something about yourself. I'm learning new things about myself every day and then promptly forgetting them at night. Great. Uh, you ready to, let's, we gotta dive in. We have so much door for laid content, roughly 60 minutes. Do you, do you want to start talking about, uh, Dorf's, uh, perspective on the game of the gods, also known yeah. as golf? Uh, party on, Leonard. Party on, Dirk. <laughs> I noticed you brought two drinks back, Peter, and I think that's the right amount to talk about two movies. <laughs> one, of, one of them is, is a chocolate dessert beverage. Uh, I mean, you, you've I'm earned it. on Dorf. Yeah. You've earned it, bud. Thank you. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Yeah. Just like Dorf treats himself to a nice game of golf. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, the Dorf on golf... Um, he so we talked about this a little bit. Most of my notes we've covered like as a Hitler mustache. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a good one to get out of the way. Um, he does at first kind of seem like he's speaking in an Italian accent, but then I realized it's just that I'm bad in an Italian accent. He is doing a a little bit of like a, and again, I by saying he's doing Peter, I'm not trying to imply that this is a some sort of a facade. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm saying that he, as a person, is doing an accent, which means that's how he speaks. He's a Swedish individual. Oh. Dirk Dorf, famously of the Stockholm Dorfs, I believe. But it has a North American sort of tilt to it. Yeah. Um, it, it's like if French Canadians, you took you take the French out, and that country was actually invaded by Slovenia. Yeah. It's a little yeah. Eastern European... But it's also like it's 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 got some like uh, Midwest dash Canadian yeah. homesiness. It's a little bit of German by way of South America, <laughs> I think. <laughs> do, do you do, do you think Dorf is sufficiently tan to have been in that particular group of people? No, but he's so far away from the sun compared to the rest of us. <laughs> um. So, <laughs> so you're conjuring that Dorf escaped Germany at yeah. some point. <laughs> Sorry, left Germany. He emigrated. Yeah, I don't know if he, he escaped. He went to South America. He, he, he'd just be done with it. There, there wasn't necessarily a reason that he had to leave immediately. I thought I was meaning more escape the way people talk about going on tropical vacations. You know, yeah, like, like oh, I yeah. escaped to Cancun. Yeah, he was probably like, should we have a staycation or a vacation? And many of his advisors were like... Probably a vacation. <laughs> the vacate part is yeah, it's a huge part. Becoming more crucial day by day. Look, I know it's just a fan theory, but hypothetically, these movies would be much funnier if you changed nothing about it, except instead of Dorf on golf, it just was Hitler on golf, and it's just Adolf Hitler doing all this stuff. Um, I think we can beat it because a we got him. We got him. He's working with oh. J two Communications. He got him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, I, I I'm just saying, it, it, it's potential comedic 
circumstances, uh, especially with Vincent Chiavelli there. Um, Vincent Chiavelli so, Leonard actually snuck him out. Uh, so she, you see these things and you're like, look, the obvious limitation to golf lessons is golf requires movement and walking and not necessarily standing in the same place all the time. They make it work. They do different scenes. They 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 eventually get to all the important parts of golf. First scene in this movie, Peter, like I said, they skip all the bullshit. What's golf? How does it work? What's some basic tips? They immediately start with the gadgets. They try to – it starts so big. They're like, our thesis statement, capitalism, is – helpful for golf here mm-hmm. are all these helpful gadgets that you can purchase he starts strapping some stuff to himself um and we're gonna really walk you through this in detail because we're assuming that you're gonna what you as a discerning listener are like look i heard you guys watch these on youtube i'm waiting for the 4k restoration um and i with the, with the accidental laugh track edited out maybe <laughs> Uh, so I can teach some people things without them getting distracted. With the Dorf Rector's cut. Yeah, the Dorf Rector's cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Criterion's good. Once they get done with all their fucking arty, farty movies, mm-hmm. put out some Dorf. You got eight movies. That's not a box set? Oh, oh. Godzilla got a box set. Is, yeah. that, is that because Godzilla's huge? What, a Chip and Eddie holding up the rights? <laughs> Oh, the the thin man got a a box set. Is that because yeah. he's so thin and tall? I would watch Dwarf versus the Swag Monster. <laughs> I would watch Dwarf versus the Thin Man. <laughs> man, they got different body types. You can't deny it. Who um, do you think's a better? Who do you think's a better drinker? Um, I mean, I think Dorf is pretty drunk at the end of Dorf's Golf Bible, where he just keeps talking to people at the oh, bar. Oh, he's at the nineteenth hole. Yeah, he ends both of these movies at the 19th hole. I think underlying what may be hurting Dorf's golf game is the alcoholism. (laughs) And that theoretically, there's a huge part of his digestive tract that is missing. (laughs) (laughs) He just doesn't have all of his stuff. I thought you meant like maybe it was removed in the Great War or something. Uh, they don't call that one the Great War, Peter. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, great one. Yeah, I mean, he did serve his country, I guess, in the Great War. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> um. Uh, anyways, so yeah, he teaches us some gadgets. This here's the thing about a lot of Dorf's golf tips. They don't end well for him. And I I don't really know what to make of that in the context of the bigger picture. They're obviously great tips, like buy gadgets and some gizmos, help yourself to golf. The big mistake here is that um, his caddy is Leonard. I don't know if that was prescribed by the golf course. I don't know who this Leonard character is. This guy is fucking incompetent. (laughs) I mean, honestly, like he, I mean, Dorf's a common rube. A Dorf, fool. Yeah, he's a gadget inventor for sure. Hey, um, I thought we were moving past the gadget gizmo dynamic. I thought we were trying to move into a new future. Anyway, so Leonard, like, what's so frustrating, because Dorf's got great instincts, what's really frustrating is Dorf seems to recognize immediately 
that this guy sucks. And I don't know if it's like some sort of legalese that he signed. I don't know if like once you get a caddy for the day, that's it. You can't switch and you're just out of luck. But this it's guy, a, it's a contract you sign in the morning. It's a, you put your you put a drop of blood in a big book. Yeah, um, it, it obviously would their be souls be, are intertwined. Uh, <laughs> it, so it, the caddy is sort of like a familiar. They're a forced diode. A, a familiar for the <laughs> for their forced diode. <laughs> yes, the common thing in all the movies, only mentioned in one, but always existed, <laughs> always on our minds. Their, um, their bond is broken at sundown, um, and. Uh, at the witching hour, they will stop being Got able it. to communicate telepathically. I don't think they're if if they're communicating telepathically. I don't think Leonard is listening at all because no, he, he can hear it. He just doesn't care. You know, sometimes it's frustrating, like when you see someone who's like in a relationship or a friend, and you're just like, "Man, that person you're with sucks," and it's like they don't see it, and that can be frustrating because it'd be hard to bring it up. It's actually doubly frustrating when they obviously see it, and since you're watching a 30 year old uh, film, there's nothing you can do about it because you don't have the ability to communicate to the people on a video cassette. I wonder if it's a budget thing um, that we can't communicate with. Uh, dwarf now to the past. Yeah, uh, I'm wondering if that's a budget concern. Yeah, um, I mean, we'll talk about their... the next one. He gets a whole new caddy, but clearly it's a golf. Assuming it's the same golf course, it seems to be a golf course issue because the second caddy also just a dumb fucking idiot. I mean, uh, yeah, there's I mean, no way around it. Peter, listen, you're only as good of a golfer as you are your caddy. You're only as good of a video content producer. As yeah. your team, you can't have Leonard's and Waldo's wandering around, screwing up shots, making your gadgets and gizmos look incompetent. Yeah, uh, they must not have any taller than because... you in a way that's embarrassing to your stature. Yeah, they must be like, I assume like all of these caddies double as like basketball players for the weekend because the two we see. I, I dare I say it, Peter. They're comically larger than Dorf. They're very, very large characters. Um, but I believe um, in uh, God's special uh, clay factory where he forms all of us individually, uh, and I believe that as a Christian, uh, that he put a little bit too much clay in the legs and arms and not enough in the old noggin. Uh, that's very clearly true for... For Waldo and Leonard, so in the yeah, I the bet first they have scene, huge dicks though. Oh, they got giant. They're packing meat. <laughs> That's why Dwarf keeps them around. <laughs> At the nineteenth hole, he's like, "Hey, go over here. Show me that dick. Come Leonard. get it, everyone. Everyone, come, come take, take a look at my caddy's dick. Yeah, take a look at this guy's hog." <laughs> That's a Chevelli. Yeah, all the blood is rushing there up. constantly. <laughs> a uh, spiritual bond has made him yeah. loyal to, to this man until yeah. sundown. Yeah. Uh, I hope someday I when I've like, I hope someday when I'm like dead, and my children are Sing. like, <laughs> listen to pick an episode. I do, I do not wish to turn a life on you. <laughs> like. <laughs> 
<laughs> like when I like 40, 50 years from now, I'm dead and gone, and my my kids are like, well, at least we have all these we love to watch episodes of memories. I hope this is the one they turn into. Honestly, I think I think this will make them miss me much less. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It'll really soften the blow. Yeah, this is. I think listening to the Dorfon Golf episode is how they get to acceptance someday. Um, anyway, be part of your. It should be part of your like you know the um, reading of the will where they, yeah. they they have a weird creepy videotape of you for some reason. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I've been around a lot of dead people. No one's ever been like, we, we filmed a guy with stage four cancer reading out his will. He's got a lot of stuff to say, and we figure right before death, uh, on a lot of pills is the right time for him to have it out with everyone. <laughs> we really just wanted uh, a, a homemade VHS tape filled with horrors, as you can yeah. see, the soul <laughs> draining out of him. <laughs> As he says, he as he admonishes uh, his his awful grandchildren, and then yeah. decides who gets his Pontiac. Yeah, uh, Vincent Cervelli. The oh, sorry, excuse me, <laughs> Leonard. Leonard, uh, he, he he fucks up. I will say, like the gadget itself is a little weird. It's like chains that electrocute you that straps to your legs to make sure mm-hmm. that uh, he doesn't move. Um, and he has, they have two batteries on the green for some reason. One, um, and I think this is where the comedy comes from, uh, accidentally. Um, it's too, it's too strong of a battery. Really, you shouldn't be hooking up a person to this battery. That's the bad battery. They brought it out there, uh, for some reasons. And, uh, but then there's a good battery. Leonard hooks him up to the strong battery. The bad and battery. Then, and then even though Dorf keeps saying, you've clearly got the bad battery, I am electrocuting in my actual shackles mm. around my feet. Um, he never changes it through all these other things that happen. So the first scene in like a normal golf film, he tries contraptions, he puts too many on, none of them really work. He gets horribly electrocuted by his caddy. And I think it's a dire warning for people that are like considering that golf is not for the weak-willed. Golf is something that like you need to accept will traumatize you, traumatize your loved ones eventually. Like you're in for something and what golf needs is commitment. It needs your pain. It needs your fear. It needs your depression or else you might as well just go back and have a happy life with your family. Yeah. I mean, few people know this, but golf was actually developed um, as a means of uh, torture um, for, you know, unseemly types during a certain world war that Dorf may or may not have been involved in as a key figure. The key instigator, um, yeah, and so during that particular conflict, that scuttlebutt, um, there was a need for information from certain enemy combatants, and um, we uh, we 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 used golf as a way of um, extracting information from um, German scientists that maybe had V2 rocket plans and weren't explaining properly how the fuel ignition worked. Um, and we would make them golf, um, and give them houses in the suburbs. Um, and like, we really showed them for what they did. Um, we really stuck it to them and then we gave them high paying jobs also. And, and, um, let them live in the suburbs of major 
yeah. municipal cities. Yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah, it's a little odd. Uh, the other thing that's super odd, and I'm but not it must sure have been torture because we would not have we rewarded have, people no. that were building we're weapons very, of mass destruction. We're a very moral country. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one other like weird thing is that they have the Dorf on golf movies, and they also have those Mussolini on bowling <laughs> movies. <laughs> I don't know if they're from the same production company, <laughs> but uh, I don't know if they're related. Anyway, so we get done with that. Now Dorf is going to teach us how to uh, exercise. I got to tell you, the crowd who watches this, I don't think they were prepared for how scary it was making them, or how nervous they were about their own exercise routine. Because they are so fucking nervous, they are laughing so hard, they must be peeing their pants. They, this guy's going to do some exercises. He's just stretching. It's he's so just you stretching. don't get hurt. He, I mean, that's a great lesson. Don't, like, don't just think you can get up and golf. You can't just get up and golf? It's a famously, no. it's a famously demanding sport. The, yeah. Have you ever seen an out-of-shape golfer? It's not me. It's actually so tiring that they give them a car to drive between various holes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the the holes are eight miles away on average. So Mm -hmm. it's and the thing is, this this car doesn't even have a windshield. So like you are out there braving the elements, getting hit in the face with wind, bugs, Mm -hmm. other parts of nature, potentially. Sun exposure. Oh, well, they have the little roofs. They do have the little roofs. Yeah. Those little roofs, sir. Those little roofs. It's all stands between you and the unforgiving heat of the sun. Yeah. The little I mean, roofs. <laughs> if only all of us could have a little roof above us at all times to protect yeah. us from the goddamn sun. <laughs> this this will age very well, I think. Um, unfortunately. Uh, so... Yeah, so Dorf teaches a little bit of calisthenics. I think his biggest mistake, I think some of the exercises he does makes a lot of sense. They're, um, cho- like you said, he touches his toes almost no problem. Uh, he does he does most of these exercises, like sit-ups, almost no problem. It's actually, like, embarrassing. I struggled when I was a kid getting, like, a presidential fit- physical fitness award. Dorf laughs about how easy it is for him to, like, sit down, do a sit and reach. He barely extends his arm. This is a... This is a monster of a man who is at his peak athleticism. And it makes sense at the start of his educational video, he's going to rub it in all of our fucking faces. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just trying to humble us because uh, some that's, people might that's, not. Some would say that's part of his whole career is humbling people. <laughs> so some some people, some yokels, some real yeah. Leonards might come in and be like, uh, who is this this dwarf gentleman? Why is he so immobile? Why did they bring a shovel for this one shot? Um, some some real rubes. Um, some real fucking ignorami. These my, fucking my, morons. These honestly, fucking just cultural ignorance. These uh intellectual uh I, I don't care for them I'll tell you that intellectual right jackasses yeah um 
they don't even some people that are bad might watch this and not know who Dorf is. Some people might be listening an hour into this episode and not know who Dorf is. Yeah. And to those people, Dorf has to come in and stunt a little bit. Yeah. Show off a little bit. Say, hey, you might not know who I am, but watch me do what I do best. Yeah. Yeah. If anyone's earned it, it's him. Um, One of the things they do, so you're watching... Dorf is someone who's like, I need to really drill into, like, we're not going to go through, like, I know golf is 18 holes. Dorf knows that. Dorf knows <laughs> how many holes are in a game of golf. He's like, I want to drill in for my first video. I'm going to drill into one hole and show the progression from driving all the way to getting it in the hole at the end of it. And, like, we're going to take a lot of time. We're going to take 30 minutes, and we're going to go through it. And so as they track um, the progress through the hole, they go back to this map, um, and they have this person. Her name is Boom Boom LaRue. Yes. She does not speak. She's in all the sequels, too. Um, And... All the sequels to this educational video. Her job is to point at this map. And I got to tell you, Peter, much like Leonard, she's terrible at this. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that, like, women can't point at maps with sticks. I'm not saying that. Mm -hmm. I'm saying this was not her calling. You're saying Boom Boom LaRue. Saying Boom Boom LaRue. Now, what's weird is in the sequel, which we'll talk about in a second, she is in charge and she does this very well. There's actually no complaints about her performance in the second one of just counting up in Roman numerals to all of the things that God is about to speak directly to Dorf. And I I don't know if it's like she's inspired by the Holy Spirit or something that happens in that (laughs) particular film, but there's a a competency gained between Dorf on golf and Dorf's golf's Bible. (laughs) Once again, the hardest word, the hardest title ever. Are you, are, you, are you familiar with the story of Sodom and Gomorrah? I oh, am. Very. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm a real Gomorrahite, if you know what it means. <laughs> <laughs> um, in that story, yeah. um, some angels in disguise. Yeah. Uh, they play the role of real Dunderhead. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And uh, then once they reveal themselves to be angels, they're like, all right, actually, we rule, and now we get to nuke an entire city. Yeah, don't look uh, back. I believe that as she reveals herself, Boom Boom LaRue, um, yeah. as she reveals herself, don't look back, as she reveals herself to be an angel, um, mm-hmm. part of the the, the, the many uh, angelic presences uh, available in the Bible, seraphim, all of them, um, she is... Revealing new skills because now she doesn't have to play a dum dum, and sometimes angels overplay their hands when they're on Earth, and they're like, "Oh, people are so stupid." That makes um, sense. So, she, and now obviously, like the people that she's blending in with in the first movie is Leonard, who is a real chowderhead, and <laughs> so like you got haven't got to the point yet that God's going to be communicating directly to Dorf some golf tips, which I got to tell you, we haven't talked about this yet. Huge get, and also just speaks to the. The overall popularity of the first Dorf movie that fucking God himself is like, I got some tips and I would love to be featured in your next 
video. No one ever asked God for golf tips. I invented everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that guy, he's a vengeful God, I will say. Like, he, very Old Testament in that film. But he, I mean, what, do you want him to not be God? Don't want him to be himself? That's why I actually, I'm really relieved that, uh, I'm really glad you brought this up. I'm really glad you brought this up. Because when I was watching the first one, I thought he keeps he keeps the company of people like Boom Boom LaRue around. Yeah. He's a drinker. Yeah. He's constantly asking Leonard to see his cock. I thought maybe <laughs> that um, Dorf was not a Christian. A you Christian watched the man. DC, didn't you? Yeah, I died. The Dorf cut. The Dorf cut. Uh, the Dorf Rector cut. And yeah. um, I'm just glad to know that not only is he a married... Mm-hmm. Um, God-fearing man mm-hmm. that when I get to heaven I get to take golf lessons from Dorf <laughs> oh I don't think you paid enough attention I don't think I think we can reasonably assume that Dorf is in hell based on a lot of the ways that God punishes him but you know what he got a little bit too big for his britches as they say about Dorf uh, he got his pants no longer fit him and God, if you know, you you you, be, you create a golf video more successful than the Bible, <laughs> go right to hell. We'll talk about that in the sequel. Here's there's there's a couple more scenes. There really is just a couple more scenes. I don't think we need to talk about all of them in Dorf on Golf. I want to get to one scene that I kind of feel like Peter. Look, we gotta like save blue- something for the the um, minute by minute podcast we're gonna do. I like the Dorf minute. Um, I like bloopers as much as the next person i mean i have tapes and tapes filled with sports bloopers uh because i like when people fail at the thing i'm watching them at because it's it makes only, me the only thing you love more than pranks and hacks is bloops love bloops love pranks love hacks i like rank, rank them actually i like people uh well my number one and this kind of encompasses all of them my number one is people being hoisted by their own petard that is my favorite and like love it so, like, oh, Mr. Good Hockey Player, what if you get a fucking skate in your face? Hilarious to me, a man sitting on yes. the couch. Now, there is you know a scene really got hoisted by their own petard. Uh, Dorf in Dorf Golf Bible. Yes, it was Dor- Dorf in Dorf's Golf Bible. So, he went through, you know, a trial, just like um, many people in the Bible, including our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, but I wanted to talk about someone else who was also uh, got a little bit hoisted by his own petard, maybe even got pranked. Um, and that was um, Benito Mussolini and his mistress, Clarita. Yeah. They got hoisted by their own petard, yeah. I would say. Our, our petard, I, th- I thought you were going angles... to give a little more history on it, but you can just reference it. That's fine. Yeah, is, is, is Look it, it up. Is a petard it's a, in a, a set book. of ankles? Yeah, I, sure. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Well, because they um, were like, I hope it's something we and, should be saying. Yeah. yeah, they looked like shit up there, man. They got roasted oh real bad. Yeah, they, he really had to. He had to. He had to really work out before he could get those bowling tapes done. Um, <laughs> he, the, um, he looked real bloated in that few, one. Few stretches, I think. Um, so, anyways, the there's a scene in this that like. I gotta tell you, I, I watched it like 30 times. Because sometimes when I don't understand something, I don't assume the problem's the movie. I assume the problem's me, Peter. It's good to do your research. It's good to let the art speak for itself and not always prejudge it. So there's a scene where it starts – there's almost no golf tips in this one. And that's where it's really confusing to me. So Dorf is sitting there 
and he is he's lining up a shot, and then a dog comes out of the golf course, mm. um, and it pees on Dorif. Uh, I mean, humiliation. Dorf, this is the, not a lot of people know this, but this is the dog that um, told David Berkowitz to commit the son of Sam Killings. <laughs> yeah, not a good dog. Not a um, good dog. Dorf. I, Dorf is so focused on his golf game. Maybe that's where the lesson comes in. He doesn't notice the dog has peed on him until the dog has finished peeing on him and walks away. And then he's frustrated. And he rightfully points to Leonard as the person who should have noticed the dog walking right up to him and spending about 30 seconds peeing on him. Um, I think we all agree Leonard should have noticed it. It's understandable. Dorf wouldn't have at all. Um, Dorf is pinpointed at the game. Pinpoint at the game. So like that sort of focus, you, you can't just like, you can't just like, that's what caddies are there for. They're supposed to, to be the, the, Hey, the, if anyone pees on me, dogs, other people, <laughs> stop them. And he says as much to Leonard. He's like, Hey, you need to stop distractions at its core. And so he, he's about to golf. He's about to swing this shot. All of a sudden, there's some ducks. And Leonard rightfully, this is actually the part where I think Leonard is most competent, mm-hmm. takes a shotgun and kills the ducks. Um, and that's the end of that scene. There's almost no golfing. I guess the lesson is bring a shotgun and hold your caddies to high uh, accountability. That is, it's, that's very true. I, I guess I learned it. I didn't know it the 30 times I watched it. Sometimes talking through these things, you get it a little more. Yeah, I yeah, because I, I like I said I watched each of these a half a dozen times, um, and you spent uh, three hours. Yeah, well, okay, so concurrently it took a few weeks because after the first two, I did need to be hospitalized because I tried some of the techniques and the it, it's not worth talking about. Well, it. when you got the, there is a lesson that shows you like it takes a scene and then it slows it down in slow motion. To show you everything you missed. And you were like, hey, if that was so helpful, the difference between someone hitting a shot and then in the other one getting chased by bugs and all these other things I, I didn't miss. I mean, it's not a slow motion joke. It's just pointing out it's easy to miss things mm-hmm. if you're not paying attention. You decided to watch all of these movies in slow motion to catch any other things like that. Yeah, at a, th- at a thousand speed. Um, and uh, I really feel like the... Watching it with open AI, um, filling in Dreamweaver, filling in the frames between every shot with 300 frames of its own, um, really helped open up this, this tape. Um, and I, yeah, like I saw God. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I saw, also saw a golf God. And maybe that's worth talking about more than, you know, a spiritually divine experience I had. Yeah, um, I think the biggest problem with the AI thing, which is why I avoided it, is that they just could not get Leonard's dick right. <laughs> Had four fingers, it was supposed to have five. <laughs> um, terrible drawing fingers, as you, as you all know. I, so there's a moment uh, when Leonard has... There's a moment that I found very heartbreaking. Um, because, you know, ultimately, um, if we're talking about final thoughts on Dwarf on Golf... Yeah, he 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 finally gets in the hole, um, and then the, then he goes to the nineteenth hole, and he you know 
orders he asks Leonard to add up the score mm-hmm. and Leonard instead feeds him cheese dip. And that's kind of the end of the movie. I think a lot of you know a lot of helpful things like make sure your caddy adds up the score before you he gets his nachos that you're clearly paying for because who the fuck's this guy your motherfucking Dirk Dorf <laughs> this guy's it's got just nacho the expectation money? yeah that when you're you're on the green Dirk's paying yeah agreed and maybe that's not fair but you know you try selling thirty million dollars uh, of uh, golf instructional videos you piece of shit. Such pieces of shit. Yeah, anyways, what's your final thoughts on that? Um, so, okay, so ultimately I feel like the reveal here is that it's not just about working on your golf game. It's also working on making sure that your uh, caddy familiar is uh, loyal to you. And it's, it's stressing at the end, you know, how important it is for them to have loyalty. And there's a line that really broke my heart in this. So at one point, Leonard has the golf ball under his shoe. Um... And, uh, <clears throat> sorry, I'm getting a little choked up. Dorf says, Leonard, let me see your shoe. And Leonard lifts up his shoe and it's stuck under there. And it has all this the dramatic heft of, like, you know. Sorry, I'm, I'm getting a little touched. <clears throat> it has all the dramatic heft of, like, Fredo, you, you broke my heart. Let me see yeah. your shoe. Because Leonard is his Fredo. <laughs> He's the one that he couldn't let go of, and he tried so hard to make it work. Yeah, and it's it's just unfortunate that he had to shoot Leonard after the filming of this in the head, and we had to be, we get to meet Waldo. Yeah, well, Canana, so after this one did come out, I gotta tell you, there was another one. It does take place in the year one. So, theoretically, it's a prequel mm-hmm. before Dorf had to canonically shoot Leonard for being not so great of a caddy. Because that's the canon. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and I mean, we don't even need to ask where the gun came from. Leonard's. <laughs> Brought it, brought it right on the course. Honestly, said, the don't easiest, shoot me with, me with my own gun. Don't shoot. The me easiest with my own thing gun. ever was to put that as an accident. You got Letter, this big dumb moron, mm-hmm. and then who's bringing a shotgun on the Just, course? Like easiest frame up job ever. I mean, I will say, Dick like, Cheney got away with it. Got away with it just fine. Shot his friend in the face. Not to get political. Friend apologized to him for inconveniencing the vice president. There is a a very bizarre scene, though, where um, Dorf is taking a shower. And the – I mean, this – I would kill Leonard over this, too. Um, He's taking a shower and he's still filming because Dorf is nothing but, like, trying to get all the tips in. Like, he's not like – Hey, shower's my time? No, shower's our time to learn from Dirk Dorf about some golf tips. So he's yes. taking a shower before he gets to the 19th hole, and he accidentally pulls off the uh, nozzle so the water just keeps going. And, you know, it's one of those, like, obviously it's a shower thing. It's got the little glass thing. This one has a lock on it. A little surprising. I've never seen that model, but it's got a lock. And, and you showered a lot. And it must – I've showered a lot. And he – gets skunked weekly. He rightly blames Leonard for 
the gym not being able to open the shower door, even though on the film Leonard's not there, but presumably right before he jumped in that shower, he's like, let me see that giant cock one more time. And <laughs> and then he jumped in the shower and then he Leonard accidentally locked it, I presume. Yeah. And then he um, killed Leonard. Well, yeah, I mean, it couldn't be forgiven. I mean, is it killing? Like, no one says well, they say it's not murder. Like, no one, really. no one's like, "Hey, they murdered Old Yeller." They put a dog with rabies out of its misery. Yeah. They put they put Leonard, a guy who's not that great of a caddy, out of his yeah. misery. He had the rabies of the golf course. Yeah, well, Leonard just needed to go to a, a golf uh, estate uh, upstate, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, but don't worry if you're worried the dwarf got off easy. In the next movie, Dwarf's Golf Bible, it opens with him waking up to go golf. His wife is there. Um, I assume they did not get the rights to release her because you don't see her face. It's just a voice. That's Um, a problem with her modeling contract. Um, Technically, uh, uh, she she couldn't license her image. Um, You don't think they got divorced after this and she refused to participate in the making of it? I think they're doing a bit. There's no way the dwarf is not a good husband, right? Well, this movie seems quick to, imp- to anger. He doesn't have a short temper at all. Um, it is weird. He like keeps calling his wife Ava, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know what that's about. Um, but yeah, so he wakes up and his wife's like, "You better not be going golfing again." And um, he's. He, But he's been called by the Lord, like many prophets before him. Sometimes wives don't understand that God's got a mission for you. Uh, did Rebecca understand when Abraham had to kill Isaac? No. No. It might it might have been Sarah. I don't remember all the names. <laughs> I think I got 66% right on that one. But yeah, did Abraham's wife understand? I not mentioned. Honestly, weirdly, it feels like it's not a consideration whether she did or didn't. I don't know what what's going on with that book of the Bible. I you think, think she had want, a stew going or something. I don't know. It's, I'm just saying you think you'd want the wife's perspective about it, but it seems like they do not care what the wife characters in those books. I'm think. starting to think that there's a there's a there's some flaws in the way the Bible is constructed, perspective wise. It is bizarre. So, anyways. He, uh, but that's what they say about the, the the being a golfer, being a biblical figure, right? Yeah, um, um, unhappy wife, and you won't slice. Uh, yeah, God did invent the slice, and He is clear to remind uh, Dorf that He invented all of the bad golf shots, and you should accept them. Yeah, uh, but yeah, He hears a voice that is seemingly very literal. Um, of God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, yes. uh, telling him some some golf tips. One of his first com- – and so he's going to give – like you think Dorf's Golf Bible is like a cute name to for a sequel. What you don't realize is that this series is nothing if not incredibly literal. And they're going to introduce a little old-fashioned religion into all of the great golfing tips we learned the first time around. Um, as we mentioned... It does save me the work, though, because usually when I'm reading um, a, a book from a famous golfer that offers advice, I I have to uh, inject the Bible into it myself. Yeah. Um, I usually buy large print format versions so that I, yeah. there's big 
big bars in the middle and I can write Bible verses in between the lines. Um, it's just really nice for Dorf to do this for me. Yeah. Early on, here's the type of commandments that you're getting. We're not going to go through all of them. God said, hey, to understand how you should behave on this earth, I'm going to give you 10 commandments. To understand some stuff about golf, 15 commandments. He ups it. He's like, you, you, if you're thinking, oh, they really couldn't commit to the bit and they just decided to do 15 because that's how many jokes they've written. I got to tell you, you're watching these all wrong. God literally gave 15 commandments. One of them, as an example, is that he created allergies to punish people that golf. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we have a – we have he says it. Boo Boo LaRue called the angel of numbers actually in this. Uh, points to the number. It's like commandment three. And then you see – Dorf in a field and he sneezes and that messes up his golf shot. It happens. It happens this to the is, best of us, even Dorf. This was, now remember, this was an instructional video about golf. So this is instructing you that if you go outside, God has cursed the land <laughs> with yeah. stuff that's going to fuck you up. Yeah. So if you go golfing, remember that. Yeah, and it really... Um, it really makes places golfing into the perspective of what it is, which is um, a challenge by God to face him um, every Sunday. Um, put him I... in you put him in your your headlights, baby. Oh, yeah. he'll put that's a chicken game. You, you don't want to lose. So uh, I'm going to read a couple things from the Wikipedia entry on this one, because I think. It emphasizes that I swear to God, these are real Wikipedia entries. I think it, and part of what I want to say is that, like, look, Wikipedia editors are public servants. For some movies, they're not sending their best or their brightest Mm-mm. to provide descriptions. And I'm just saying that this is something that I really wish the Christian right would get more involved in to correct. Because I think this deserves um, a little more work. So. They list some of the injuries he has. Now, I want you to remember this is someone wrote this and presumably got edited a couple times into Wikipedia. This is not a kindergartner's book report on Dorf's Golf Bible. There are many bad things that have happened to him. One is a ball hitting his head. When he stole somebody's nine iron, he hit it to a tree and it hit him back in the head with the same sound effect. Another joke was when he was hit by the brick when he was hitting the target pretending to be in the U.S. Open. It's a comprehensive, right from Wikipedia, a source that you could say, uh, it's right from Wikipedia, the injuries. Here's a little bit that Wikipedia has to say about Dorf's wife. Mm -hmm. These are, again, direct quotes and not something my five-year-old wrote for a book report. (laughs) Dorf's wife is constantly bothered that Dorf is spending too much time playing golf and not spending time with her. Dorf usually calls her a name such as my honey bucket, my sweetie pie, my darling lump of loveliness. Apparently, when she's not listening, Dorf will talk behind her back. Apparently. Apparently. I mean, we see it in the the film. I I think that this is one of those things where Dorf is so challenged. And apparently... Um, 
in this trial yeah. that he he may may be a little rude to you know some of his loved ones nearby he may yep. he may not be fully patient uh you know even even christ in his moments of trial um lost patience with people and dorf loses patience with his bed-bound wife yeah as where jesus said take this cup away from me dorf famously said please put the cup closer to me <laughs> you, you have to bend over a little and hand it to me please please <laughs> um, uh, let's Dorf do a little te- let's do a little test okay some of these my honey bucket is fine i do think that if you are uh have a significant other call them their your darling lump of loveliness and see how that goes over as a pet name so wait hold on let's let's you know how they reduce fractions and stuff yeah let's reduce darling lump of loveliness hello how about lump? my darling <laughs> yeah lump, lump, did lump is alone the, in a, yeah lump is the i thought you loved that president's united states of america song honey lump lump is the noun that everything else is modifying yeah. it's the don't darling remember, lump yeah. of loveliness don't you remember when you gave gave me your your first handy in the backseat of that Honda to the <laughs> presence of the United States song Lump? Uh, your, it's your name. Um, it, it, I feel like he probably found his wife in, uh, in a uh, marsh, uh, totally uh, motionless, ex- totally motionless except for her heart. Or emotionless, I forget which one. Yeah. Totally mu- filled up in the lump's pajamas. <laughs> he, he told, yeah, she probably totally confused all the passing. Piranhas? piranhas? Yeah. There's piranhas in the swamp? Yeah, she's lump. Um, eh, eh, she's lump. Gotta give so her So, yes. So, here, again, my theory of why Dorf ends this movie going to hell. Now, he did make other movies. <laughs> he did make other movies. So, I'm not saying he, like, died and went to hell at the end of this movie. I just mean, like, eventually, when Dorf does die, I think we can all probably agree his soul is condemned to hell. Because... As and this is kind of a confusing part of this movie. As God gives fifteen golf-related commandments, and again, some of them are less decrees and more just like I made allergies and they exist. Dorf seemingly breaks every single one. He's like saying, "Don't do this," or "Here's what you're supposed to do," and then Peter every single time, Dorf doesn't follow that commandment. So I have to assume like. Look, I don't know what the exchange rate is, unlike the Ten Commandments versus the Fifteen Dwarf Golf Commandments. But if you break one of the main commandments, the big guys, as they call them, that's called a mortal sin. And if you have one of those on your soul when you die, you don't go to hell. Or you don't go to heaven. Mm-hmm. If you break all 15 of the golf commandments, I assume that's one step above of a mortal sin. We call that a dirk sin. It's a dirt and sin. You're, you're, there's no forgiveness for you. You're you're going straight to hell. So much like the Clash song. So what an interesting go straight to hell, boys. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a bit of a different reading on the ending, and I hope that this doesn't challenge you as a um, theologian. Yeah, um, they're n- notoriously rarely challenged. Yeah, I just want to just want to walk Easy through going. kind of let me let me walk you through the journey of Dorf. Sure. In this. The pilgrimage, as some would say. Need glasses to put on. <clears throat> so, Dorf, after being challenged by God, 
given many challenges during this golf game. Any tribulations? He's tribulated, I would say. Well tribulated. <laughs> He's not like Leonard tribulated. <laughs> <laughs> Leonard's tribulated in the head, I think. Um, dwarf walks on water. He does walk on water. And out, at which I think, my reading, is he's outing himself as the second coming. So, in 2011, uh, Dorf and the trial happened. Dorf and the confession. And Dorf and the new toga came out. Are you familiar with these the, the titles of these films? Yeah. Let me tell you, uh, tell me if this sounds familiar. Someone who has tried, confessed, died, <laughs> went to hell... Got a new toga? Does that sound familiar to you, to you to anybody? Yeah, I think it's the third heavy metal short. <laughs> We're talking about Jesus Christ, man! Oh. Talk about Je- That's all stuff Jesus went through! Alright? to hell? This is You're the really first... doing, like, the pre-Vatican II creed. <laughs> uh, and I think, you know... That's a, that's a, little, that's a little joke for all of you. Pre-Vatican... You you real Catholic heads out there. Yeah, Mel, Mel, Mel Gibson is listening. Um, but uh, I don't know if you remember. Um, you're much older than me, so I don't know if you were there. Um, much older than me. Yeah. Um, I mean, I did see this on its initial run, i.e. the <laughs> library video cassette. <laughs> but, uh, I'm part of the Dorf generation, man. <laughs> generation Dorf. Um, that uh, he... Christ's last words on the cross were, my God, why have you forsaken me? Yeah. I feel like that frustration can be mirrored in Dorf's frustrations where though he is, he's put through all these trials, he eventually, he comes out on top, gets a new toga. And then meets th- um, Derek and Rick. Who are those guys that help him save Christmas? Uh, Dirk and <laughs> Sorry, what? Is it Dirk and Ernie? There's no way it's Dirk and Ernie. I don't, it's not Dirk and Ernie, but uh, I think it should be. It should um, be. And, and and at the end, we we do get we are treated to um, a spoken word poem with a beat behind it. What do you call that? Uh, what do you call look, a spoken word poem with a beat behind it? I'm just saying, like, I'm not saying that he perfected the concept of rap and hip hop, but. Straight out of Compton comes out in 1987. Dorf's Golf Rap comes out in 1988. You can't tell me that that's not a coincidence. I won't tell you it's not a coincidence. Yeah. What I'll tell yeah, you he, is this. I, I hope we can... You are likely hearing a version of that at the end of this. Uh, probably over some static from the VHS dub. But, I mean, you need to hear the whole thing because... Like, like, would you listen to just one track off of Enter the 36th Chamber? You're not going to get the whole thing. Yeah, He's got a lot to say in a rapping way, and it's important you hear it. Yeah, it is important you hear it. And I feel like today it's pretty important that we got to hear a lot about the trials, tribulations, um, and, and sheer just genius of Dorf, um, who is a real person, um, and who does not have dwarfism and is not a little person. It's a separate yeah, thing. Yeah, totally separate thing. Uh, just to be a, and he's not doing that either. He's not trying to be. He's doing his own 
thing. He's doing his so, own thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what they say if you – Confucius said this, I think. Did he? Yeah. If you seek revenge, dig two holes. One for Dorf's left leg and one for Dorf's right leg. And uh, you got a $30 million uh, uh, jackpot. I think. Wow. I mean, it's really inspiring that Confucius said that. Um, a long, long time before I don't know if and it was about after this. Dorf existed. I don't know if it was about this Dorf. It was probably about a different iteration of Dorf. Yeah, Dorf is like I think one of the most common myths throughout history. <laughs> you know, it's it's like the it's like the Messiah myth that keeps like repeating. Like the, one of the most yeah. common stories is uh, the story of Dorf, the guy who did various sports and taught people lessons. Um, In a way, it's sort of the and interacted story. with uh, the Christian religion more often than you would expect. And I, yeah, and like I said, I'm just glad to find out that Dorf is one of us, you know, card carrying Christian, Christian, pre-Vatican II Catholic, <laughs> pre-Vatican II, yeah, um, yeah. Peter, I don't have anything else to say. I imagine at some point we'll do the other six Dorf movies, just because uh, one of the, uh, God's commandments to us is do all the Dorfs. It was actually one commandment. Yeah, he just gave us one. Uh, that shut Dorf out. Uh, yeah, so we hope you learned. Uh, I, I think if your biggest takeaway about this episode should be, A, it was our 350th episode, and two, hope you know how to play golf now. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, we'll see you next week for Actually Under the Silver Lake with Ethan Warren. Back to our regularly scheduled Dorfless existence. It's good. Dorf wins the master. Upon the game, there's nothing to it. It's a doggone simple that the kid can do. It. You take a little ball and you tee the thing up. You bang it with the club and it goes in the cup. So what's the problem? The game gets tougher. Cause when God made golf, he created the duffer. A ribbity de doo ba 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 doo They got the different strokes for the different folks. You got the different folks with the different strokes. You tried to look swift, but you still make the jokes. I got the different strokes for the different folks. Now banging on the trees and you're hitting in the lake. The ball's on the path or that step on the rake. They say it gets easier, but you know it won't. The tall grass will get you hit, the sandbox don't. This game's no gimme, it just gets rougher. Watch your head touch. Here comes the duffer. They got the different strokes for the different folks. They got the different folks with the different strokes. They cutting down the pines to get the relief. Making a trail, cause here come the chief. The green gets slow and the ball won't go. The green is fast, so the ball slides a pass. You whiff and you whack and you dig up the father. One bad hit and you're dead in the water. Your timing is off, so you're a flop. But one good hit and you're back on the top. They got different folks with the different strokes. They got the different strokes come from different folks. And they don't look keen when they take their pokes. But the game would die without these folks. They got the different strokes for the different folks. Got the different strokes for the different folks. 
A four, three, two, one. The grandma's a daffy and the girls are a dreamin'. Grandpa's happy, but Sonny's a steamin'. The game will survive and it's no hoax, cause it's a different stroke for the different folks. My little beauty was a Sunday walk. Thank you so much for listening to We Love to Watch. If you made it to the end, hopefully you liked what you heard today. And if you'd like to hear more, please go to patreon.com slash we love to watch. And if you can chip in a few bucks, that would really help us keep the lights on and keep us moving forward. Uh, it wasn't an implicit threat by Peter. He just didn't know how to say it. But either way, we'll continue to make more. But it would be helpful uh, as we explain to our loved ones where all our money is going, which is all on server space. Uh, <laughs> if you can't, <laughs> uh, if you don't have a few bucks to chip in, we totally understand and you want to support the show. We truly, absolutely would appreciate a uh, review on iTunes. I know every podcast says it, and it's because it really does help. And so every podcast wants that help. So please go leave us a positive review so that when people find this show organically, they hopefully want to tune in and listen. And thanks again for all of your listenership and support and time throughout the years. Uh, We really do appreciate you. Uh, With kisses and smooches, Peter and Aaron. (laughs) 